Okay, and we're live for definitely the first time. Never before. <laughs> this is Under the Canopy from Web Canopy Studio. Take one. Take one, yes. It did not take three times doing this intro. <laughs> uh, my name is Larry. We have Tim Wurzberger with us. hey We have Sam Monty with us. Hello. And we have Matt Roney in the building. What's up, everybody? Awesome. So it's been a while. Actually, Sam, is this your first podcast with us? Yeah, this is actually the first time you guys have let me out of the office. So, <laughs> What is your days usually looking like? Why, why are you uh, not allowed to leave? <laughs> I, I'm calling strangers all day. Yeah, just trying to see if they're like into like hanging out later? Or... Yeah, mostly just hanging out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So busy week here. How, how are you guys doing? It's kind of a holiday weekend coming up. Are we just like ready to get a breather going? Maybe crack a nice cold uh, freedom can? Freedom Juice can. box. Juice box. Can of freedom. <laughs> Any good plans for the upcoming holiday? Cookouts. Cookouts. All week it was supposed to be crappy weather on Thursday for the 4th, but right now it's looking that. good. I saw that. I'm so excited. Happy meat, happy meat and Explosions Day, everyone. Meat I hope that explosions. you have a good day with meat and explosions. Um, I love it. So we'll be, we'll be trying to do that. <laughs> totally. So yeah, I know... I'm going to be on a lake. That's what we do. Uh, we're all in northern Michigan, Michiganers, Michiganders, Michiganders, Michiganders. So uh, Michiganites, Michiganites, Michiganians. Yeah. And that's uh, how we celebrate Fourth of July. It's on the water, uh, crashing jet skis. Yeah, basically. In, in all seriousness, we'll be walking down to there's a beach about a five minute walk from our apartment that you can see the uh, where the uh, main fireworks are shot off on Grand Traverse Bay. So we're probably going to going to end up hanging out down there. That sounds like the life. Yeah, that's the life. So we have a pretty... Day life. <laughs> yeah, that's Grand Traverse Bay life. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a fun podcast this week. We are talking about what it's like being a HubSpot partner. Um, I think we'll have like a pretty unique take on it too because we're all... Uh, we're not the agency owner. We're actually like at the ground floor getting the opinion of what it's like working with HubSpot. We've all used other marketing softwares. We've all worked for other companies. So we have a pretty wide uh, variety of like the pros and cons of HubSpot and what it's like being a partner as well. Cause you know, there's probably a lot of people listening who uh, their business uses HubSpot. And then there's probably a lot of agencies listening who their agency uses HubSpot. So it's kind of cool to get both sides of it. Um, Anything else before we get into some of these questions we have? Uh, no, we're not just a HubSpot partner, though, are we, Larry? Ooh. There's a little more to it, aren't we? I think there's a little more to it. You want to tell him or should I? I think you should. We're a diamond partner. <laughs> oh, he's just trying to brag. Yeah, we're a diamond partner. What it's true. <laughs> HubSpot diamond partner. If you don't know, that's the highest you can be. We're actually, <laughs> we're actually the hardest partner on earth. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> pump the brakes. Matt. <laughs> Cool. So this this first question should be a softball. Everyone can kind of just come in with these whenever you feel like you have a good answer. And it's what are the advantages of using HubSpot? So uh, I'll just take it. And it's just uh, wide open. So compare it to whatever you want to, maybe another software, maybe doing it not automated or yeah, just whatever, whatever you want to free associate I mean, so so from my perspective, and I'd I'd used HubSpot sales as a CRM in another job before I came to Web Canopy Studio. 
uh, but I never really dove into the full platform until I got here. Uh, and I can honestly, it still blows my mind how much is housed under, you know, in one app. Uh, HubSpot has so many individual features that I would have expected to need multiple tools to use. Mm -hmm. Right. And there and it's all pretty, uh, pretty reasonably out of the box. Uh, I'm used to working with like WordPress sites that have a ton of plugins that all have to be kept up to date. Um, And if one of them updates at the wrong time, the rest of them all break. (laughs) Um, And using that in conjunction with like a MailChimp or another Uh, marketing automation system. Remembering like a thousand different logins to go to MailChimp, then go back to WordPress, then go to your social media Hootsuite or whatever. Yeah. Yep. And I have to say, I've been getting pretty into... uh, the kind of reporting that you can do in HubSpot by tying every aspect of a marketing campaign or a funnel back to one campaign. Mm. And that can include the landing page can be tied to the campaign, every email, the CTA button itself. And it lets you get a really good picture of uh, in one place of how every of how your uh, your customers, your prospects, your leads are hitting um, each part of your funnel. And it's it's really nice. It, it is. That's great. What about you guys? I, I think just to touch back with the sales aspect, selling through HubSpot and using an inbound methodology is probably the best way I've ever done sales in my life, where by the time I'm contacting people, they already know who I am and where I'm coming from. So it's not like a surprise, like cold call when they get get my calls They're They're almost expecting that I was going to be calling. Yeah. So um, I don't know if we said up top, you you handle sales here at, at Web Canopy. So we, we have really all corners of HubSpot. We have, you know, marketing, we have sales, we have uh, analytics. Uh, we kind of look at it all. Uh, Tim, do you have anything? Yeah. So basically, I come from a more traditional marketing background. This is my first quote unquote digital marketing job. Um, used to do in-house marketing back in Boston. And like Matt said, we have a lot of different um, platforms that we're using the HubSpot does all in one. So I was using constant contact for email. We were using Sitecore to manage the site, which was so, sold to me as the Cadillac of CRMs. And it was more like a Model T. Um, and <laughs> and we didn't really have like a customer relationship. It was just, it was just social was done directly on the social channel. There was no like schedule tool. Like it was just, it was a mess. Um, but with HubSpot, we're doing it all in one. And the other thing I would say that's the biggest benefactor for me is um, the automation, setting up workflows, setting up sequences, yeah. setting up like these um, if then branches and having like the deal stages and life cycle stages connected to that is just unbelievable. Right. I, I'm still not over it. You have the potential of just working so hard for one week and then having the whole month of your marketing working for you <laughs> and sales too. That's crazy. Um, I want to keep this like bias, you know, like, uh, are there any negatives? Like, I mean, we, we obviously use HubSpot every day, but like just to, you know, I want to give it a fair fight versus some other things. Is there any like weaknesses you guys see? Um, so, okay. Again, again, I'm just going to start off cause please started in that way. Uh, if there's any negative, it's that, Okay, this is going to sound like that kind of ridiculous job interview question. Uh, What are your weaknesses? weaknesses? (laughs) Well, my problem is I'm just too passionate about what I do. Don't ever respond that way in a job interview. And so this is going to sound kind of like that to say that there's just so much to HubSpot, but but it genuinely does make things difficult at a certain point. Uh, There are so many features that keeping on top of all of them can be genuinely difficult. And some things... uh, I think uh, 
most commonly uh, referred to with us as the lead scoring um, uh, product, which that's a feature that we use. It's part of HubSpot. It is pretty much essential to our entire philosophy of um, sales and marketing uh, handoffs and uh, and sales process is the HubSpot score, which is awesome. You should look it up if you're not already using it, but it's kind of buried where you sure. can actually go to to tweak it is actually right. way it's down almost in like, there. What else don't we know? <laughs> yeah, seriously, yeah. it's like, wow, you're hiding this feature that we use all the time, like way down in a settings menu. So, man, what else is hidden uh-huh. somewhere? I'm going to piggyback off yours because I'd say that's my only, you know, downside to it, too, is there is stuff to learn. It's not like you don't just hop in there day one and go from whatever software you're using. It takes time, but it, I'd say it's worth the time, you know, if, and they have all these courses that teach you anyways, like what's it called? I'm not learning center. Um, uh, HubSpot Academy. HubSpot Academy. And you learn everything. Like, so you can't even call that a complaint, I guess, because they, <laughs> their solution is, Hey, we will teach you <laughs> uh, anything from you guys, or are you guys kind of on the same page? I mean, you kind of took the words out of my mouth. The only thing is, um, I wouldn't call it a weakness, but just, I, I almost wonder if, if we as an agency use HubSpot different from other agencies mm-hmm. where things that we use every day, you kind of have to go digging for like lead scoring is a great example. Um, there are a few others I can't think of the top of my head, but, um, but I don't think it's a weakness though. I mean, it's, they still got the features and if you know where to look, they're easy to find. It's just, it's not quite as obvious as, as it would like to be. Yeah. It's, it's basically got the same set of weaknesses that any, very big, very robust uh, platform or piece of software is going to have, which is that there's a ton of it uh, that people kind of make up their own use cases for. So, you know, the feedback that the HubSpot development team could be getting could kind of be all over the place. Tim speaks to a really great point that's easy to forget as an end user, which is that uh, if that feature that we really like is buried somewhere, maybe other people aren't really using it. So seriously, y'all, we want to surface a HubSpot score higher up in the app. So everyone <laughs> use HubSpot score. Just get in there. Just score all your actions on your site. Event scores everywhere. All right, let's get it. That was great, guys. Let's get into this next question. It is, where can I find a good HubSpot developer? And I think this question comes kind of from people maybe who just are starting with HubSpot. You're just getting into it. And maybe you downloaded a bunch of great free templates and you're like, wait a minute, the the design manager? What does that mean? And then you're just staring at code. So, you know, it's very reasonable to try to find a uh, a developer. Do you guys have any good tips to find some? I usually send a Slack message to Blake. <laughs> he, Blake uh, he's the lead developer. lead developer here at Web Canopy Studio. Uh, slacking him tends to find me a HubSpot developer pretty much instantly. <laughs> yeah. He's actually very responsive. So I would recommend there's uh, there's a thing called the HubSpot directory and it houses all of the HubSpot partners. You can then look at like whoever you want. There's a big list and it shows their ratings. They're sorted by how many ratings they have. There's just so many great HubSpot partners. All of them will have a development team. Mm-hmm. And I can't say all of them. I'm, I mean, I'm. it'd be silly if they didn't, but almost all of them do. Reach out to a couple, uh, whether it's a small project or a big project. I know we help people just, you know, of all sizes here. So that's what I would do for sure. Any other tips? No, I think you nailed it. That's a really good tip. And the the URL for that is uh, HubSpot.com slash agencies. I can't remember if you said that, but agencies, A-G-E-N-C-I-E-S, HubSpot.com slash. And uh, there's a ton in there. 
We're actually not getting paid by HubSpot for this. I just want to like put that out there. (laughs) It's hard to not sound like an ad. I know it it really is. We use HubSpot a lot. (laughs) Hey, look, there's us. It would be like working at McDonald's and then you have to do a podcast about the fryers that you use and Mm -hmm. you'd probably just talk about whatever fryer you use. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about Hobart dishwashers? (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, (laughs) dishes are all, dishes are all sterile. They don't have dishwashers at McDonald's. What am I thinking about? Everything's on, everything's on. Everything's on paper. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to the next question. All right. So this one's like really vague, but it's called, is HubSpot really working? Is it working? It, that's just, yeah, that's what the question is. Is HubSpot really working? And oh. I think this comes from people, again, who, you know, made the big investment of moving to HubSpot. Uh, maybe they didn't take the time to learn everything. Maybe they're they're not getting all the features and they're wondering, hey, is this really working? What do you think about that? Yes. <laughs> yes, it's working. I think the, the proof is in the numbers with their retention rates are extremely high. If it's not working, people wouldn't be staying, especially when their livelihoods depend on it. They would be moving in a heartbeat. Yeah, like a lot of the small businesses, like their their whole bread and butter is working within this HubSpot. If it wasn't working, they'd be gone for something else. And I think we use a lot of metrics. We need to be doing more of it probably, but yeah. a lot of dashboards and reporting that we do to see like, you know, the income that we're creating, like page views, um, delivering MQLs, delivering um, new visitors to the site, moving them through the funnel. Like all those should be turning in the right direction. If it wasn't working, we know. Um, so yeah, I'd say it's working and you can always use the reporting to, to, to verify that. Yeah. The report. Yeah. Like you said, it's right in there in the reporting and you know, maybe if you think that it's not working, maybe you're just not tapping into the right future features or doing it the right way. Feel free to reach out to someone, you know, like you don't have to hire an agency to learn a couple of things, you know, like the, the Academy, let's go back to that. That's free. Like you can just tap in and start learning more about HubSpot and then, probably get a lot of value out of that i think maybe even us in this room need to like do one of those trainings a week and just learn something new i bet there's always something to learn it's a really good idea Mm -hmm. there's absolutely hundreds of hours of courses on there that if you're having trouble with hubspot there's an answer there i was gonna say you're fresh off you you were doing one today right absolutely (laughs) it's true though there are so many this one might go hand in hand with the other one it's sorry i had to push something over here um, how do you become a HubSpot expert? Honestly, you watch the videos and then you use HubSpot. Like, uh, honestly, like, like you use it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's trial by fire. It's just getting in there trying different things. I mean, make sure you're not publishing something that you're not supposed to be while mm-hmm. you're learning it, um, or having the guidance of someone who knows what they're doing, but there's no substitute for, for getting in there, trying it making mistakes, fixing it, figuring out why, what what you did wrong, um, learning how to pull all the different levers and see what happens, I think is, I mean, that's how I learned. And it helped me even more than the videos, as good as they are. And they're great references. I, I agree. Yeah. But it's getting in there and getting your hands dirty with it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'd recommend bringing someone on, whether it's an agency or even just hiring someone who is really trained in using HubSpot. Mm-hmm. If you bring them on your team and just 
you know, not just like have them do it, but teach you too. your whole business is going to get caught up on how to use HubSpot towards, you know, getting new leads, getting better leads, you know, closing sales with the sales half of it, um, segmenting your contacts, even just like those basic things. Uh, if you have someone who knows what they're doing, you're going to fast forward that and become an expert in no time. Absolutely. Yeah. Learn by doing. But the videos really do provide an excellent background so that when you start doing, you have a sense of where to look and what not to break. Not that there's a lot you can break in HubSpot. And most of the training, there's like a practical exercise at the end of it where you have to go through and physically do it. You have to add a contact. You have to create a workflow. Yeah, I appreciate that. Okay, so is HubSpot the best free CRM? <sighs> Anybody? I don't have a lot of experience with other CRMs. I know, right? It's like you type in, all right, let's do this as a thought experiment. Everybody type in free CRM, on, and I guarantee HubSpot's the first one that comes up. And okay. Yep. So Besides the, pay, the paid ads. Even the paid uh, ads is number two. Yeah. So I don't really have a better recommendation for a free CRM. I will say that uh, I, I once had a remote uh, sales job in which I was really the only mem- the only person doing sales at the company I was working for. And we used the free version of HubSpot sales because we were super bootstrapped and free version of everything. Multiple logins, free version. Um, and I will say uh, it's very much a freemium model right like it's free mm-hmm. you can totally use hubspot sales starter free you can you don't get that much functionality you can do it it's possible but there are features like email sequences right that are like core to what makes it a great tool sure and you don't and you get it if you're not it, yeah. paying for it it is a really good place if if what you need is a database of your contacts it's great for mm-hmm. that uh basic email integration it's base it's great for that but the free version of hubspot i mean you get what you pay for it's sure. better than not having a crm and it is actually free. So maybe the the person who it's best for might be someone who knows that they're going to scale their business eventually. They have like a great plan. Um, they can't afford it quite yet, but they know they should be housing leads somewhere. They need a, a great system in place to get started. Maybe then it's it's hands down the best because as you grow, you add on marketing pro feature, you add on sales pro, and then you you just start to grow that way. And then you don't have to worry about, oh man, the other day we had to bring in someone's contacts into HubSpot. They were all housed on oh something I've never even heard of. <laughs> I don't even want to pretend to remember, but having to get all of those uh, converted, it was hard. Like there's there's systems that HubSpot has to like. Uh, you know, you download your contacts as a CSV and upload them into HubSpot, but not everything carries over all the time. So it's a pain. But if you were housing those in HubSpot from the beginning, you know, you don't have to deal with that. That's great. All right. Those were great answers. You guys really killed it. Um, something we do on a couple episodes is like propose a like hypothetical business situation and try to like take over their marketing, try to like 
kick him into overdrive and, you know, diagnose what's doing wrong. So we'll have like a hypothetical uh, problem that a business is having. And then we'll use our experience combined to try to give them a, a, a jump in the right digital marketing path. <laughs> right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Sam has a good one for us that he's going to give us and then we're going to do our best to, to solve their problem. So right now we're dealing with a customer that has a very, old school approach to sales. Hmm. They, they obviously need to sell more. They're in a, in a spot where they're almost bleeding and not making their sales, but they have a very outdated sales system. They're physically sending salesmen out on business trips where they're flying to locations and knocking on doors of the businesses they want to talk to. Wow. And their CRM is essentially sticky notes in a briefcase. (laughs) Oh God. And they're running into the point where how do they convince their salespeople? Because they're good at what they do, but how do they get them to bring in and buy in to the the CRM? Wow. So I have a couple of questions. Are they using any any sort of CRM or just like actual like physical contact somewhere? They have physical contacts. And when they come back from their sales calls, they're like tossing it into like an Excel spreadsheet. Wow. So that's like the first challenge, right? Is how do you convert all of those uh, paper contacts into something that lives digitally, right? Or even if they're on an Excel sheet, you're going to have to find a way to get all those those guys into HubSpot, right? They'd be coming and using HubSpot. Man, well, that see, if they're in an Excel spreadsheet, you could at least convert that to a CSV. Sure, sure, well, sure. It's already a CSV, but convert that to the kind of CSV that HubSpot can read or that your CRM can read. seems like the toughest thing is convincing them to, to actually use a CRM, which, you know, personally, I'd kind of like gesture at the briefcase, gesture at Excel and be like, but doesn't that suck? <laughs> right. Like, aren't, yeah. you, aren't you miserable doing this? But that's not really a good argument from logic. It's, so. it's almost like they could take how many salesmen do they have doing that right now? I I think they had 10. Wow. Wow. Just, just knocking on doors? Just spread out to the wind. Like, hey, here's your flight mm. to California. Go Canvas, California. Man, so strictly from a business sense, and I know this might sound heartless, but I'd, I'd hack at least four of those guys off. And then the fifth guy, I would teach them everything there is to know about HubSpot and sales. The other five, obviously it's working somewhat, right? So you keep your top five guys. Maybe they they're still doing their thing, but I don't know, man, you get at least one guy who masters HubSpot on your team. And then you cut the expenses with the four other salaries. You're able to pay for HubSpot and have extra money and, you know, give the guy who has to learn HubSpot a raise. Right. Yeah. That might be my move. (laughs) Yeah. Tim, any thoughts? You well, the biggest thing I see in situations like this, and and I mean, Sam. So, are there is there salespeople like old school, like physically, like they've been selling for forty years, or people just new new salespeople that just learned an old school system? It's like a mixture of both. Like I think it's like they uh, they get paired up with their like veteran, and he like shows them the ropes, and then they just like take over in their own territory. Yeah, so what I'm thinking is like in situations like this, it's like, okay, what you're doing isn't working. And they're like, yeah. And like, and we want to make you more money. They're like, yeah. And we can kind of automate the process, make this easier. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to change the way you do it. Wait, why? It's like, (laughs) yeah, it's a fear. It's a fear of change. It's a fear of, um, it sounds like what they're working, what they're doing is working okay in the point that they're growing and making money. 
but not nearly tapping into the potential of what they should be doing. Totally. And they're spending way too much time and probably way too much, I mean, energy, way too much money trying to close deals. I mean, you're flying people across the country yeah, to, no to close the canvas, basically. Um, and there's always a big learning curve and there's a lot of work that has to be done up front to, to you know, learn a new CRM, to get all your contacts onto that, to build these automated processes that will get you to that place that, where your life is easier. But it doesn't happen overnight and it doesn't happen easily. There's a lot of growing pains that come with that. I totally. Um, <laughs> this is kind of a, a sidetrack question, but uh, did you start reading the Scrum book? Are you guys reading I did, Scrum? I'm like two thirds through. Okay. Yeah. So he was talking about the business and I, I don't remember the business names. It's like they're, they're doing contracts. They're doing it in like the waterfall method of getting the projects done. And they knew that their time was coming up. And then he presents them this new, the scrum, the new way of doing things. And all of like the people there who have done it the same way their whole life, they're like, no, we don't want to do that. And then like two months later, you know, they went out of business because they weren't willing to take on a new strategy. Yep. Yeah. So is that uh, Scrum, the yard of doing twice the work in half the time? Is that the Jeff Sutherland and JJ Sutherland book? That yes. is correct. Cool. Got it. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, so let's, I guess while we're still on this, what would be like your first, other than getting these these guys into HubSpot, what would your first like campaign or strategy be with like, you know, where do you even start? Like, no wonder they're, I'd be hesitant too if I were them. Like, I mean, I'd be willing to jump into HubSpot, but I don't think uh, I'd be just like, yeah, go for it. Like, but what would we say to them to get them comfortable? You know, what would be our step one? I, I think from my standpoint is showing them the CRM to the point where you can schedule tasks. Like how many times are you forgetting about customers? Like, oh yeah, I was supposed to call this customer back this this week or this day at this time where you can schedule your own tasks for yourself to remind you to do these things where a post-it note or your notebook is going to get lost in the shuffle or just automation where you're like, Oh, did I remember to email this guy? Oh wait, my automation already handled it for me. It's emailed. Yeah. Um, so what would you set them up to do that? Would you just say, Hey, this is what we're going to build for you. This is going to be a sequence that all you have to do is when you get a new lead, you send one email and then if they answer that triggers another email that you don't even have to write. <laughs> and then, you know, there X things happen and you, you close a sale without even moving off your computer. Yeah. It's nice. It's definitely nice. Yeah. I'd probably have to think of something to do with all those old contacts. Cause they probably knocked on their door once and they weren't ready to buy, but obviously they were a lead for a reason. So who's to say, you know, three months from now, they're not ready to buy. So having them in your system, setting up like a a nurturing campaign or something like that, that'd probably be another great thing to get them started. Um, Just kind of rekindle some of those old loves in the uh, CRM right there. (laughs) Yep. Get that, that re-engagement going. Absolutely. I I think like drip campaigns are huge too, where you have those people that you knocked on their door, they're not ready to buy, but they're interested. They have a need for it eventually. Maybe your service is too expensive for them at the time, but once they are ready to buy, and if they've been getting those drip campaigns, they're like, oh yeah, these are the guys I want to buy for because 
they're a thought leader. They've been I, sending me all this great tips for the last like six months. I mean, like <laughs> I, the only reason I have the idea to buy this is because they were giving me a uh, top five reasons why I should, you know, XX. And then they for go free. to, yeah, for free because they're just cool guys. <laughs> uh, I think we're just kind of circling back to inbound in general, but you know, also we want to make it very clear that we're cool guys. We are cool guys. I, I regularly call people that they say like, I'm not ready to buy. I can't, I can't move forward right now, but please do not delete me from your emails because sure. I want to be getting that information. Yeah. That, that's like the dream. That's what we want every business to catch up to, right? Is a place where you're just giving away such good content that even if no one's ever going to buy from you, they're a fan of you and they're, they're spreading the good news and being an evangelist for your business. So I'm going to back it up for a minute to a question you asked uh, Larry about convincing these people of the benefits and where do you start and like what does that first conversation sound like and before you even get to that point and kind of the, there's this discovery process that has to happen like and it takes like i mean sam knows you kind of unfold all these layers and you think you've got a, a good action plan you ask another question and it's just pandora's box into oh you know what we actually do this whole process for like the sales to marketing handoff and you're like whoa whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> there's another two months of work that we need to do here but the things that like i want to know is like how big is your sales team um, are they on HubSpot or Salesforce or something else? We always like when they're on HubSpot because it's right. easier to control the whole process. Um, how are they measured for success? Do they have clearly defined goals? Like how do you hold them accountable to that? Um, and do they meet their goals, right? And then like what do their processes look like? Like what does your current process look like? Are each of your salespeople following that process? Are they all doing their own thing? Are they all doing like their own version, their hybrid process of, of that standard? Um, at what point in your process does sales reach out to a lead? Like, is there a handoff now in the marketing? Um, or is it like as soon as they convert, you're trying to sell to them, which isn't probably a good um, recipe for success in 2019. Right. Um, and when you do start reaching out, how many times? Like, what does that look like? Sure. Like, how many, how, how many times, how often, email, LinkedIn, call? Like, what is that cadence? They all have their place, but you need to sort of build some thought and strategy into that. Even on that, how, how do you know? Are you documenting that? If every time you call, are you writing it in anywhere? Yeah. Are you writing it right. anywhere? Is how the call went? A sticky note, like call Bob again in three days. It's right. like, um, <laughs> when did I write this? Yeah. yeah. And Has how much of this days? is automating now? It sounds like in this example, not much, if anything, Totally. Um, but how much can be automated? That's the big question. And how much easier can you make your life? Um, what are some frictions in the sales process? What are some like, um, if someone says, I mean, we, we do this all the time as a part of a messaging exercise, but why, why someone might not want to sell from, buy from you, right? Like if you you got them along and then decide not to purchase, what are those reasons and how can we iron that out? How can we, um, answer those questions more proactively? How can we soothe their fears? Um, is there a demo involved mm. or like at what point do you show them a demo? Yeah. Like people aren't probably ready to see a demo the first time they land on your page. <laughs> you need to nurture them a little bit. Or they need to have a better understanding of what you do before they're ready to say, yeah, I'll talk to a salesperson and see your product in action. Um, so there's a lot of things that come in. And, every, and it's going to vary depending on the, the client, depending on the business model, depending on your target audience. Like all these things, you got to figure out, you know, what applies to your situation, how it's going to help you reach your goals. Um, but that's sort of like there's a lot of questions that go into before you can map out any kind of plan. you got to answer all those questions and more. Wow. I don't even have anything else to say. I think that was a home run. Yeah. How do Tim you guys feel? I mean, I'm a little embarrassed that, you know, Tim just nailed it that hard. Personally. <laughs> no, that's really good stuff, guys. Uh, let's leave with our favorite part of 4th of July. Since it's tomorrow. 
Favorite part of Fourth of July? Paid holiday. Okay, that's Matt's. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> it is. <laughs> uh, I'm a history buff, so I'll just say watching the war movies on the TV and okay. and just thinking about freedom. You know, my favorite part of Fourth of July is actually just sitting down and thinking about freedom, <laughs> having a beer, and just thinking about thinking, liberty, thinking about freedom, freedom, I, liberty. I do that at least like once a day. Set, out, <laughs> set an hour of my time to think about freedom. I don't need a holiday to think about freedom. <laughs> just meditate on freedom for uh, twenty minutes a day, twice a day. Uh, it's very important to focus on freedom. <laughs> All right, guys, I'm gonna wrap it. Thank you for listening. Uh, this is Under the Canopy.